to the lost souls, the disintegrated spirits, the wanderers, the dreamers, and the seekers. Welcome to the Embodied Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle McGinnis. Our work in this podcast will be to foster healing, transformation, self-expression, creativity, and the development of consciousness. So with our intentions grounded firmly, let's settle in and do some integration work. Hey friends, happy Thursday and welcome back to another episode of the Embodied Podcast. If you guys are loving what you're hearing on the show, I would really appreciate it if you slid over to iTunes and dropped a five-star rating or written review and just let me know what you are loving about the show, what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. Any and all feedback is, is always welcome. For those of you who have done that, I really appreciate it because those ratings and reviews help get the show organically into more ears and souls across the world and we're living in trying times right now. So it's really nice to to have a community and an audience who are interested in the depths. So thank you guys for being here. Before we get into today's um, content, I did want to do a little bit of housekeeping. So about two or three times a year, my fiance Rick and I, um, we host uh, book clubs that last about, you know, three to five months-ish. And the next book club we are hosting is going to launch November 14th. So we have about a month before it kicks off, but we've decided and chosen our books that we are going to read for the next book club. Um, We're going to read two different books. They're really short. They're about 90 pages each. Um, We're going to read He and She by Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson is a really esteemed and prominent Jungian analyst, author, scholar, um, and what he and she unpack is the mythological archetypal dynamics of masculine and feminine psychology. Um, using in he, he uses the myth of Parsifal, and in she, he uses the myth of Psyche and Eros. Psyche and Eros is, is maybe one of my favorite um, myths to to sit with and to just stew on and circumambulate around so if you're interested in joining our book club again it starts on november 14th um and the book club is pay what you want so it's donation based you do have to make a even if it's a dollar donation you have to at least make a little donation to get your name on the enrollment list so if that's something you're interested in i will go ahead and put that into the show notes and you can secure your spot in the book club it's a ton of fun to have really intellectually and psychologically and soulful stimulating conversations um, with humans that are just so intelligent soulful and bright um we really really enjoy doing these book clubs and we love that it is a an offer that we have that you get to choose the price so if something you're interested in go head over to the show notes and secure your spot and um if you do that you will see the landing page that i made for the book club and today's episode i actually wanted to unpack a quote that robert johnson has It's a quote 
based on something that Jung himself um, told Robert Johnson as he was training in Zurich to be an analyst. He said, Dr. Jung told me that the unconscious would protect me, give me everything I needed for life, and that my one duty was to do my inner work. All else would follow from this. He said that it was not in the least important whether I accomplished anything outwardly in this life since my one task was to contribute to the evolution of collective, of the collective unconscious. That's a really powerful quote. Um, personally, I think that's a really powerful quote um, because, you know, we live in a, a time where we are very concerned with what we're doing outwardly and our accomplishments outwardly and something that has just been kind of circling around me lately is how important our relationships to image and our inner images and working and actively participating and engaging and dialoguing with these inner images, how truly profoundly transformative that can actually be. You know, your one duty is to do inner work so that you can contribute to the evolution of the collective unconscious. So I want to go back. um, I think it was a few podcasts ago, I mentioned to you guys about the Saibam model that's used in somatic experiencing work. So it's, it's sensation, image, behavior, affect, so emotion, and meaning, right? And so these are different components that make up the gestalt of, of the, the archetypal experience, truly, right? If, if archetypes are the patterns of experience that are moving through the collective unconscious and influencing us in some way, um, within that within that archetype itself because it exists on a um a transpersonal level and it's filtered through the human right and it affects the human oftentimes because the energy behind certain parts of the archetype um are so activating and captivating we can we can really get um possessed and wrapped up in our patterns. Um, And it depends on the person how this shows up, right? Um, If our ego is completely swallowed and consumed by the archetype, right, we can fairly assume that one element of that psi-bam, so the ego is overwhelmed by our instinctual sensations, our ego is overwhelmed by the images. We can see this in nightmares, right? Our ego is overwhelmed by the kind of like the body's behavior and our movements and our impulses. The ego is overwhelmed by affect and emotion, um, where the body is overwhelmed by stories and narratives and and knowledge. Um, And so depending on the person and the ego of that particular individual, and in what relationship that person is to each of these different elements of Saibam can help, at least me as a practitioner, but help us realize where our inner work is, right? What, what we need to focus on. And 
depth psychology in particular has has a very strong emphasis on the image and the affect in particular. Meaning is definitely in there, but image and affect, if you put those two parts of Saibam together, oftentimes that is what Jung said made up a complex. It's an emotionally toned image around a specific pattern, an archetype, right? So it's almost as if the archetype is existing and within the archetype is all of these different elements of, of Saibam, right? And so you can see, um, so I'm going to kind of share a clinical example, a practical example that I had come up with one of my clients and, and why image is so important. Um, and why in-depth psychology, the image and focusing on, you know, in particular dreams can be so profoundly transformative is because the image is often the, it's, it's pretty digestible for the ego, right? If we're looking just at image and the image isn't attached and overcoupled with, you know, an overwhelming sensation or a negative emotion, if we're just looking at the image for what it is, it really helps create at least an orientation and a grounding, right? Because because we are very visual, we're visually oriented creatures. Having an image, especially with what's happening internally, having an orientation to what the picture of our internal landscape looks like is really helpful to to start navigating and doing this inner work that Robert Johnson spoke of, right? And so here's here's the example with, with one of my clients, right? So this client is is in a new relationship and there's a lot of really profound changes that are are happening. There's a lot of ups and downs, but but at the moment, um, as we've learned and worked together on how to help her in particular hold more tension for paradox and opposition within the relationship, the relationship is starting to level out and there's starting to be this place of expansion and ease and joy. And my client is starting to get these overwhelming sensations of anxiety and fear and doubt of, you know, like just kind of waiting for the next shoe to drop in the relationship. And I think this is this is really common for a lot of us, right? But working with this client in particular, I got we we basically got it down to a point that, you know, oftentimes if you were in a relational dynamic in the past that had a level of fear or insecurity in any way to it, that type of relationship will continue to circle around in our life until we start to integrate and learn the the wisdom of the uncomfortable experience, right? So this for this client in particular, we got back to this very young part of her that was in this really toxic relationship from the start. And she was super young, so knowing how to navigate that and not having guidance to help be powerful and empowered in that place, she really wasn't able to 
um, navigate this early toxic relational dynamic with any sense of ease or expansion or pleasure, right? There's always something wrong. And so it's interesting because this current relationship that she's in, it started a lot there was a lot of toxicity to the beginnings of it there was a lot of secrecy and kind of sneaking around and there's not a lot of things in the openness and so it's almost like a um, a repetition of that past relationship but a different dynamic right but the thing that changed about this relationship in particular is the ability to stay and navigate the toxicity and and start to to integrate that and as she's working through that um, it's the relationship is turning out differently than the one in the past. And so that's really tough for our ego because our ego has this kind of unconscious, if we're looking at Saibam um, here, the meaning element would be the narrative. So the ego has this meaning that every time I'm in a relationship, I can't be in expansion or enjoy without something bad happening or something going wrong. It's interesting because as we worked through this this we this narrative and we got to it by exploring meaning and we got to it by exploring the feelings which is insecurity and, and anxiety and fear and and doubt like I said. And so as we got underneath that we realized I asked her, I'm like, well, how old do you think this part of you is? And she was like, immediately, she was like 12 years old. She's like, I don't know where that came from, but she's like, I just know it's 12 years old. And we went back and created the image of the 12-year-old version of her and realized that the 12-year-old version of her that was really, really young in this relationship that had lasted a long time, but was really toxic for like a 12-year-old. Like this 12-year-old was the one that was really anxious and nervous and insecure and scared and doubtful and, and just really unsure of how to relate, to hold on to herself while holding on to and relating to another person. And once we established and created and used image in our session we were able to navigate and create and dialogue and work within that image to establish and discern how to navigate the present moment situation right because now it's not just it was interesting because in the session she just she kept using like I keep having this impulse to sabotage and ruin this relationship and I had to correct her because I I had the I had the intuition and the feeling in my system that it wasn't her her ego that was trying to sabotage the relationship it was her ego being consumed by this pattern of the past that held this image of this 12-year-old that was actually when the ego is out of relationship with that archetype influencing the present moment. When the ego is out of relationship with the archetype, so all of that sensation and emotion and meaning and image of the 12-year-old, the inner child archetype, 
when the ego is out of relationship to that archetype, it's likely to become consumed by it. And that, that being possessed and consumed by an archetype often is because that experience of being um, consumed is what wakes us up. So what the, the impulses to self-sabotage, I gave her the metaphor. It's like, you know, you're facing the relationship one way and your inner child, you're like back to back with your inner child. There's a split happening where you're facing the relationship and seeing it one way and you know, you keep walking towards a relationship, but in, in, with the inner child facing the other way, the inner child feels split off from what's happening in the present moment. So our work here through the use of image, right? And all of the other clues that we have now that the image was attached to certain narratives, to certain emotions, we can use that information and now turn towards our inner child in that experience and start to really understand and be compassionate for how hard it is for this inner child to be in relationship. Oftentimes when we are working, doing our quote-unquote inner work on ourselves, it is asking the questions of what images are moving through me at the present moment. What archetypes and within the archetype sensations, images, behaviors, emotions, meaning, what elements of Cybam are influencing that archetype and how is my sense of I, my ego, in relationship to that thing? For this client in particular, she was very split off from the inner child suffering within relationships and that was the thing because if you turn away and try to keep these parts of ourselves that have been split off if we just abandon them and keep them in the unconscious oftentimes they revolt because there's protective functions that are like you can't leave her behind you can't leave her behind and it's interesting because when we do start to turn towards it, we start to feel this like relief, this place. I mean, it's definitely, it's hard work, right? You're doing somatic work and creating safety in the body. There's so, there's so much to it, but it gives us a sense of relief and a sense of being centered and a sense of not being split and disintegrated as we try to relate And it's oftentimes when we find ourselves in these very toxic relational patterns like codependency and um, when we find ourselves in those situations, it's often because we're being possessed by by unconscious material. And it's interesting because this quote that I started the podcast off with, if that's the one thing that we prioritize and spend our time on, it affects not only you and the relationships around you, but it affects the whole world because now you're learning to navigate the world in a way that gives you autonomy, um, personal power, choice, but you can relate to others. And so that puts you in a really amazing place to give back to the collective. And, it, and as Robert Johnson mentioned, contribute to the evolution of 
the collective unconscious. So if we just continue on our merry way unconsciously in our relationships, abandoning ourselves, projecting onto others, what's being poured over into the collective unconscious is all of those negative inner experiences that we refuse to look at. And so the most important thing we could do is to turn towards ourselves and focus on our inner work. And so for me in particular, I think that image and affect, you know, in depth psychology, it's, it's one of my favorite things to work with, but also getting into somatic experiencing and integrating that into my practice and seeing the, how sensation and behavior from the body and you know narrative plays it has its space in all of this archetypal energy as well it it just feels like there's a sense of it just feels like the work is the most sacred and important work you could ever do in your life um in this week in particular my clients have just been bringing forward some really powerful inner personifications of of their shadows of their dreams and it's so i'm just so proud of them because it's such hard work to like really actively engage in this process like the inner work it is it isn't just knowing that these things exist so like the the example i used in this podcast the work for my client in this example in particular isn't just to know that her inner child is confused and doubts relationships and doesn't believe that love can exist without something bad happening it's not just that like that's incomplete it's it's learning to empathize imaginatively but also embody and feel and help that inner child feel so you as an adult ego are helping this inner child feel what it feels like and helping her feel her feelings and help her regulate the sensations that are moving through her body that were moving through her body at that time but now every time that you feel the doubt and the disbelief in relationships being expanded in relationships those same things will circle back around and you will experience them because that is that is how how the unconscious works it loves to compensate and move us towards a place of deeper understanding and deeper relationship and i did the the podcast on on eros and love the psyche is just an amazing amazing entity being thing it's so fascinating that there there are these inner faculties these like mysterious inner faculties that that will that are working so hard to wake us up even though it's unpleasant for our ego there's there's so much mystery and fascination and wisdom in the whole process of it all and i hope that today's episode encourages you to start turning towards it curiously exploring your inner work because it it is perhaps the most important thing that you could do for the continuation of humanity itself um 
And so if you found today's episode interesting, these are the type of conversations that we have in our book club. And I think this book club is in particular, He and She by Robert Johnson is going to be really profound because we're talking mature masculinity and femininity and the different components of the masculine and feminine in the psyche and how to engage and relate to both of those using myth, story, emotion, psychology, all the things. So if you enjoyed today's podcast and you're interested in joining the community um, that that speaks and muses about these things, um, head to the show notes. I would love to see you in the book club starting November 14th. I hope you guys have an amazing week and we will chat on Sunday. Bye guys.